0: house needs haunting just call rent to ghosts we've got spooks and ghouls
1: and freaks and fools at rent to ghosts hear the phantom of the opera singer haunting valvoline remember what you see is not a mystery but rent to ghosts
0: hello and welcome to smpd the podcast where we look back at the shows that shape our childhood i am chris bolton with me as always my partner in podcasting mr mark williams hello and it's October, guys, finally. Like 2020 is nearly over. But more importantly, you know we love Halloween here on the network. So it is that time of year again. It's spoopy season. Uh we just like last year and just like the year before, we've got some treats lined up for you this month. Not too many tricks. Uh we're gonna kick it off tonight though. Uh we've got a bit of a ghostly theme going on this year. We did we've done yeah. monsters, we've done witches. So this year we figured, yeah, let's let's go with ghost. So we're kicking off with a look back at Rent a Ghost.
1: Yeah. Now this one, um, you mentioned it, um, uh, well, when we were, we were planning a while back now, you you brought this one up, and it was on the list, and I remembered it as being slightly different. Um, and I I'll, I'll tell you the reason why in a second. Um, but yeah, it, it's the one thing that struck me with this straight away is that it is fucking nuts. That I mean, fucking batshit it crazy, you know. It <laughs> is. I mean, I. I don't. I, I remember bits of it, and I remember certain characters. So when when I was watching it back uh, the last day or so, um, I recognized people, and I recognized. No, I, I could work out what was going on pretty easily and pretty quickly because I, I had enough with it. But the style seemed very different, um, and I think I'm. Well, I must I must have watched originally like when I when I was a kid. Because I mean, this this finished airing its first run when I was like I know, just about toddling. I think. Um, I mean, it's it's that old. Um, but I must have seen later episodes um, because when I watched back the first three or four today um I didn't re- I didn't recognize it as a show um, it was very different the, the tone was very different um you had a lot less characters in it um, and even the, the even the opening was different because um, in the later ones you had the um the song over part of a scene rather than um, its own credits uh, rather than its own uh, video bit so I mean I was a bit taken aback when I saw this. Like, hang on, this isn't what I remember. But as I've gone through it and I've done a bit of reading and a bit of background, I, I worked out what's going on. But I, so I was, I was a bit surprised by this because it wasn't what I was expecting.
0: Now, yeah, uh, it's interesting you should say that because I've rewatched pretty much all later episodes uh, purely because that's what I remember for the same reason. Um, even I was, I mean, I, again, there's that slight age difference between us. So perhaps I remember Rent a little bit better than you first time out. But even I was too young for it when it first aired like this this predates us yeah. like we, we were sperm when this started yeah. um so like i i remember more of the later episodes and i remember them in reruns so this this occupies kind of a weird headspace for me in that it's nostalgic in as much as i can remember the reruns i can remember it being on but i was still very young even watching the reruns and the thing is with this, because it's a live action show and because it's a sitcom and because it's so tonally odd, as you were saying, like I, I remember as a very young kid, just kind of, I don't know, I had a weird relationship. I, I found it slightly creepy in some mm. ways. Not, not in a, I mean, it's not scary. Don't, don't hang yourself up on that just because no. there's ghosts in it. Like fucking no way. No, it doesn't even attempt to be scary. But yeah, there's this odd thing. Like I always found Dobbin quite scary and yeah. i like i found the ghost that comes down the front at, at the front credits there's, there's a ghost holding the rent The ghost sign that used to freak me out a little bit um so this occupies kind of a weird space me having said all of that i did always watch it when it was on um i think i probably enjoyed it just never really quite understood what it was and, and there are other shows kind of of that time, that the predate me, the were watching reruns. You know, there's things like the Clangers and, and Bagpuss, for instance. Like like Bagpuss lives in my soul. Like that that show just has a part of me forever. Like that. You want to talk nostalgia? Like we, i I know that's on the list, and we we're not got around to it yet. So no spoilers for when we get to that. But I I love that show like deep in my soul. Like whereas I I don't get that with this so much. So it was interesting for me to go back and watch it um but i did yeah only watch those later episodes i as you alluded to there i'm aware that there was a massive tonal shift after about two or three seasons apparently uh i still haven't watched any of those early seasons i did try and find some but couldn't track them down so if you found some of those earlier episodes ping me a link over because i would
1: like to see some of them yeah the quality is pretty horrendous on the the ones i found
0: uh in in terms of the like the recording quality or the show is (laughs)
1: like the actual video quality
0: oh right okay um but yeah, it's a even. I don't know what those early ones were like, but certainly the later ones. It is just fucking weird. Like it, it's it's tonally all over the shop because you know it it, it never kind of lives up to its premise. In that no. the, the premise is that which which is great. The premise is fucking excellent. Is the premise is yeah. that there's these ghosts that work for an agency that rent themselves out to do hauntings. Um, except they never do any fucking haunting, nor are they creepy. nor <laughs> Like, they, they do everything but, and, and the theme song even sings about it as well. You know, if your mansion house needs haunting, just call rent a ghost. They never go and do any haunting. They always just, no. like, fuck up the Mika's life in whatever way yeah. they can. I mean, the, the only <laughs> time
1: they actually do any haunting is the um, the very first episode of season five, they, um, they have to explain away how, um... oh, fuck, which one was it? One of the cast died. Um, Michael Darbyshire died. And then, as a result, Anthony Jackson refused to return. Right. So the very first episode of season five, um, Fred and Hubert have left an extended tour of stately home hauntings. So Claypool's re- uh, left to recruit new ghosts. And that kind of explains that away how, how those two characters left. Um, but, yeah, that's the only time I can... I mean, I've, I have seen that one um, over the weekend. Um, and that's one of the only times I can remember any actual haunting going on is off screen. Yeah. And,
0: and, you know, interestingly, like, like you're saying, you say, you've seen those ones. But for me, it, it's always the show has always been Claypole and Nadia Popov and muckwitch Yeah. And, and look, there were fucking loads of these ghosts. It's just those are the three main ones for the later seasons, which are the ones that I watched. Yeah. um, And the ones that I watched as a kid as well. So. I mean, more than anything, it's the, it's the Claypole show, isn't it? It's all about fucking yeah.
1: Claypole and well, that, what you can fuck up week. this week. I mean, it always was. So, awesome, isn't it? Even from day one, that's what it was.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, I, you can make an argument that maybe it's the Dobbin show in later seasons. Um, but, but yeah, that's what it was for me. So I, I never watched those early ones. So it, the ones that I watched certainly didn't have any hauntings. But they were still... As a kid, I think maybe it's just because he was dressed as a jester, but there was something vaguely creepy about Claypole to me, yeah um, and I saw, like he's the like the least scary ghost you could possibly find. He's a jolly character, he's quite silly, yeah, um, it's quite quite funny like there is nothing sinister about him but no, i don't no, know it's no. just it's that just that jester costume i i don't know I, maybe it's because and actually i found it clear in my dad's house out recently i remember him having a book because my dad had loads of books on ghosts and stuff like that i remember one of them had an image of like um it was it was from behind and it was like a guy in a jester outfit running down like a foggy street Look, was like someone of the exorcist but imagine a jester <laughs> and he was on like british ghosts and i don't know if i don't know maybe that just sunk into my subconscious somewhere and then I'd see Claypole and be like, "Oh, that's a scary ghost," even Baby. though it's clearly not a fucking scary ghost because it's a blithering idiot, yeah. basically.
1: I mean, to be fair though, I mean, looking, um, I mean, I've got the wiki page in front of me because that's where I do all my research, as you know. Um, and it, it talks about the—that's um, the original cast. You've got, it talks about uh, Fred Mumford and the no, he's, he feels he can set—he can set up an agency of loser ghosts like him, basically, trying to try and give themselves a bit of meaning. Um, and it talks about uh, Claypole, a mischievous, uh, mischievous jester with a comical lack of modern of uh, knowledge about modern technology, and Hubert Davenport, a de- delicate Victorian era gentleman who's morally shocked by the modern world. Now, if you, if you look at that, you can transpose that to modern day.
0: Quite I mean, there, there. I'm sure we'll get onto this, admit, um, But that, that's one of the main things I thought watching this as well. Is this is so ripe for just a reboot? Um, I remember, I do remember about probably 10 years ago there was talk about russell brand doing it
1: there was so in um, um there were a couple of things so you had um in 2010 warner brothers acquired the rights um to and wanted to develop into a beetlejuice style afterlife comedy uh, starring russell brand right um, i
0: didn't realize it was going to be kind of Beetlejuice in yeah. it, but it, that makes uh, but it, sense because actually I mean, the premise it, is the fucking same
1: yeah you can you can <laughs> see a feature being you know a, a feature having that sort of style and fitting this quite nicely so I mean there there was that and then in October 2011 it was reported that Ben Stiller had been signed for the project and the Ooh, Night of the Museum and the Night of the Museum writers had been hired to uh, to write it um, funny enough that's nine years ago I'm yeah. guessing well, I, it ain't happening
0: no I mean that's not as good either Russell Brand as Claypole I'd take but. Ben Stiller? No, I don't think so. Um, I, I mean, I don't particularly like Russell Brand, if I'm honest, but I think he'd make a good poll. Uh, he's one of these.
1: He's one of these. Uh, as a comedian, as a presenter, um, as you know, he. he I think he sells sort of fas- 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 himself a bit of, or finds himself a bit of a, a political commentator at the moment. Can't stand the bloke. He's an absolute fucking waste of come. However, <laughs> as an actor, if you look at him in, um, Forgetting Sarah Marshall and Getting to the Greek. When he's playing that, over it's basically a caricature of himself. But when he he's knowingly doing that and ripping the piss out of himself, he's actually very good and very and almost likable.
0: Uh, yeah, I would agree. That that's exactly how I feel about him. When I say I, I don't particularly like him, but I think he would. I would definitely watch him do playpool for two hours. I think he'd be quite yeah. good at it. Hmm. Um, but it, it, yeah, it's interesting. Like when, and, and this is one of the things that struck me really this time. I think maybe I noticed as a kid that this was a weird show, which is why it never never really clicked, but it was funny enough to keep me watching and stuff. and it was certainly it looked great. It doesn't now, but at the no time, it does, like,
1: it doesn't stand out now, but at the time. Yeah. like
0: at the time, you consider the fucking effects in this thing, and you know I love some good fucking puppetry and costumes and stuff yeah. as well. and there's there's all sorts of shit like they they have robots and fucking, you know, there's this Dobbin as scary as he was, is still kind of a giant sort of puppet, essentially. Uh, yeah. Being being sort of puppeteered by two people front and back, classic pantomime horse. Um, so there's all these effects going on. There was loads of fucking green screen. There was loads of fucking in camera edits. Like it was it was fucking technically clever. Yeah, but it was kind of all over the shop. And I, I think I probably picked up on that even then. I just carried on watching it because it was funny and it was it was so interesting to look at. But you know, you read in the premise to me then, and we've just said how oh, rife right, it is for reboot. Besides the whole thing of like it it basically is. Beetlejuice, kinda. Um, obviously, Beetlejuice is supposed to be an exorcist rather than a, just a general haunting ghost, but the same thing is, like, you, you hire an expert ghost to, like, get rid of your humans and stuff. Like yeah. That all works. But then you've also got the classic odd couple pairing as well that you, yeah. that you brought out there. So there's, there's a lot to the premise of this, that they just don't use this <laughs> just
1: there is it's now, your
0: classic sitcom where it gets to the point where once you know the characters it's just like and here's the situation this week
1: well yeah that's it and i mean um after it finished here so uh, in 1989 um um australia um just they looked to reprise it for australian tv now bear in mind australian tv is sometimes not as sophisticated as the rest of the world um i mean I am thinking about go back to um Oh fucking hell! The one with the lighthouse. Run the was, twist. Run the twist. Thank you. I, I was going to say run the band, and it wasn't that. Um, no, bear in mind they had a fucking toilet monster. Mm. Um, they they pitched this. Um, they want they wanted to. Um, re- they wanted to cast um, Michael Sandford and keep him as Claypool, but he was dead by that point, so they kind of scuppered that one because he wasn't actually a jobbing ghost. Who knew? Um, but the the pilot had um, again had a very Beetlejuice of um, theme to it. Um, used a bit more of the sort of the pantomime humor from the, the the later years, but um basically it was set in um an old uh, office block in victoria in uh South, right. southeast Australia that was due for demolition so the 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 premise of the series was going to revolve revolve around them basically scaring off the developers i mean um, that works so i mean it it works it's not um
0: that was it's not that, rent to ghost but it works
1: Like, but i mean no, it's, it's 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 a starting point it wasn't bad. Uh, it wasn't wasn't bad um but then um a young actress called Lisa McCune, who's apparently now a big deal in Australia, um, mistakenly um, believes them to be living people who can exercise their apartments. She, and she ends up working as their secretary. So, again, you've got that. There's a nice in. There's that that, that classic sitcom bit whereby we have a cipher to take us into the world. Yes. And it seemed though, it seemed like a fairly straightforward translation. I mean, Australia have um, got quite a good history of taking things like this and, and adapting them and making success out of them um unfortunately, the pilot didn't sell um the network they were trying to sell to so it was a bit too dark um to be aimed for um for young children
0: too dark
1: i mean jesus that that is interesting so they would read that was a big tonal shift then yeah because
0: this this is this is not dark no they... it's
1: not and i mean this is this would have been nineteen eighty nine in australia, and mm-hmm. when was round to twist that was early nineties wasn't that
0: yeah, that would have been about I mean, the same time. I just thought. Yeah, there's
1: not much difference in it. So I mean, to say the tone is that much darker, I don't get really. No.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, but I mean, we haven't seen it, so so we don't know. As I said, no. this there's there is potential for this to be dark. It just isn't. And you know, even even the vision that we got as a kid, they were the the odd thing that just unsettled me. And so the main thing was the fucking ghost and the it, it was, that was scary. The fucking ghost holding the to ghost sign. Yeah. Was fucking scary like because it was it was a see-through fucking ghost and it came across the, as most ghosts are and it came across the fucking screen and it just looked sinister it looked like well, I think a the fucking fact phantom it, or something
1: because the fact it was holding the sign as well and the you know, the sign was uh, was completely opaque it was a solid white sign and then you had this semi-transparent thing holding it it just yeah, looked but he was kind
0: because, of he was kind of leering over the top of it yeah, as well and kind it, of grimacing yeah. and just looking really fucking horrible
1: yeah and so because it was no because it was same transparent. If you think of like the Ghostbusters logo, again as a prime example of you know, where we've had ghosts and cartoons, the actual logo it's not scary at all. It's a very friendly, that no, that no, sheet over your head sort of no KKK look, um, and that's kind of what the rent ghost sign is. But then because you've got something that looks more plausible mm. behind it, you, yeah, you can see why that right to a child that would be fucking terrifying.
0: Yeah, and then it's got the kind of oldie worldy baroque jingly jangly yeah. kind of sound to the theme as well, which you kind of associate with that kind of Claypole era, uh, era, Sorry, of kind of medieval times, and that throws you back to kind of haunted houses and castles. So there's definitely yeah. there's definitely something creepy about it. Yeah. Uh, and then the episode would start, and you know Claypole's creepy costume aside, it would be like twenty five minutes of pissing about, and it, it and it is, it literally is. 25 minutes of pissing about. Yeah. Like when I say it's a sitcom, like it is a sitcom in every sense of the word to the point where it's essentially like there's not even a real through line in, in these episodes. Like there is a very, very loose kind of thread that'll tie the opening scene yeah. and the last scene together. And then there are a collection essentially of skits yeah. in the middle. They, they attempt to have a B story most times, but that just kind of, again, just dies a death. And it, and it is essentially skits that, that barely hold together with a narrative theme.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. You, you, you took the literal words out of my mouth. It's, it's a collection of skits. It is, isn't it? Um, and somehow they'll just, every now and again, there's the odd lines to remind you, there's actually a story supposed to be happening Yeah, there's, as well. there's
0: actually something supposed to be happening here. Um, and and because it's a collection of skits, you know, it is it is hit and miss. Sometimes, I'll be honest, like some of the stuff I've watched, I've, I've seen about six or seven, I think, this weekend. I've actually, I haven't had a lot of time again this week, but I've No, I mean that tells you something about my reaction to the show. I found time to watch some. Um, It's easy to watch, and it and it, you know, when it works, it does work. Like I've I've genuinely laughed at some of it still, and then there's some of it that is so bad it's funny and intentionally so. You know, it's it it means to be that corny and that cheesy, and then there's some of it that does just kind of die a death. But then also we have to remember that we're like forty years removed. Yeah. really. From some of this stuff now, well, um, saying, well I mean, fifty, I get... nearly fifty years in some cases, 50. I guess. Saying,
1: and and you no, know, again, you've got to remember, we're not the fucking target. No, as as you no know, men in our almost forties, we're not the fucking target audience for this either. So, we're, no, we're not supposed to find things funny. Add to that the massive cultural shift between then and now. And well, there's, there's, there's some there's some bits are really going to fall flat.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's there's that as well. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but obviously, you know, there are. Cultural attitudes particularly towards gender identities and there's some problematic uh problematic depictions of other cultures shall we say as well um oh, that's putting it nicely yeah and it like we're pretty sensitive to that sort of thing in the show i think it's fair to say that everybody yeah. know everybody out there knows we're pretty left-leaning and we are pretty sensitive to, to this kind of stuff and fuck we've ripped shows apart for it in the past but I mean, I'm not excusing it here, but I kind of feel like I'm I'm willing to hand wave it a little bit more just because you kind of go. But it it's so this show is just so innocent. It, it generally is. It, you 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 cannot believe for a second that
1: there was any malice. Behind no, I mean, any it, of this. if if anything, you you kind of look at it and go, well, it's being done as a sort of pastiche. It's been done as a you know, to hold a mirror up to the shows that do this intention of the, that do this through their general attitude. I mean. Again, it's a very difficult one, and you see it a lot now, where people go, "Oh, that thing that was made sixty years ago, it doesn't reflect." No, it doesn't reflect who we are as people now, and it's not going to, because there's been such a massive social and cultural shift. Yes. So, and it's it's difficult because you don't want to you don't want to excuse it by saying, "Oh, it's a product of his time," because any sort of bigotry is never no, it's never acceptable. Um, but at the same time, you, you know, prevailing attitudes for a time will define what's you no, know, what's popular, what what makes it into an edit, what makes it into a draft, because. You no know, especially if you're writing comedy, you want to play to the lowest common denominator and make things that will make people laugh now, not saying it's right to be laughing at people in blackface or to be and also the the um the jokes about gender and sexuality and things like that, but that's the time that it was made, and so it's easy to see where that is coming from even even if you don't like it it's um it's understandable why it's there,
0: yeah I mean i I didn't see any blackface in the episodes I was watching. I didn't know. I, it wouldn't surprise me if blackface was. No, that, I mean, that was, that
1: was an example. I don't know if there was.
0: I I, I didn't see any of that. And I, and I think I would be. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. And I, and I probably wouldn't hand wave that as much as I do. I'm talking more things like characters like Muckwitch and wow. Nadia Popov. And, you know, which, again, are, are so pervasive of the time. I mean, Popov especially, you know, you compare that to a lower low, a low. Yeah. and is it really that different yeah exactly. um you know and then when you look at it's sort of the relationship between mr and mrs meeker and how you know she's the nagging battle axe of a housewife and he's the put-upon husband who's yeah. just trying to earn a crust you know and it's it's that kind of thing but that is every sitcom from the late 70s early 80s that, yeah. that is just that was the attitude at the time and I think it's like you were saying. you you look at these things and say they reflect the, the era and you know we can go as way back if we if we even take i mean just not to go too off topic we can go all the way back and take something like song of the south hmm. um i th- i think it's fine for us now as a culture to look back at that as long as we recognize that yes okay it, it's never really been acceptable but the culture was such at that time that you could get away with this now if it's a good product that doesn't mean that it's no longer a good product but hmm. you you have to be aware when you look back at it now that there are difficulties and problems with that. And that is not acceptable anymore. I think it's OK, providing you go in and you question and you go with an open mind and you understand that it's wrong. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy that product. And so that's kind of how I feel about this. Like I this is not the only especially the generation that we grew up in. Like this is this isn't the only problematic gender depiction that, that we've seen. In, in fact, you know, it was it, it's. I'm shocked that as a generation you know men of our age didn't grow up as wife beaters every one of us to be honest well, I, because as I say,
1: there's still plenty around
0: yeah I'm sure there are but the majority of us I think are far more culturally sensitive to this sort of thing um, and, and that is because you know to their credit you know people in the 90s woke up and started to realise that you know women are equals and guess what they have brains too and, and they are people you know <laughs> But that wasn't such a thing in the eighties, unfortunately. No. Um, but and as you say, this certainly is
1: before that. I mean, I mean, if you look at this, this this started in seventy six and ended in eighty four. So I mean, this is barely even qualifies as an eighties product.
0: Yeah, and, and I think you're dead right, and I, and I sort of touched on it as well. I think this is probably one of the least offensive depictions of that, and it just because it, again, it is, it is so innocent. And yes, Mrs. Meeker is is depicted as being the kind of nagging, housewife, housewives I said, but. Having said all of that, she does get agency in the stories and she does get a lot of screen time, you know? And occasionally hmm. she gets the upper hand as well. So yeah, it's not all one-sided. Um, Although, they did, but, didn't they turn into a Cocker Spaniel once as well? I mean, they've turned into a gorilla, they've turned, they've turned into all fucking sorts. I'm sure
1: um, I, I sure remember that. I'm just going to see if I can find it now. I mean, nothing surprises me with this show. It's
0: so fucking random, like... It's just, just in the handful of episodes I've watched, there's been fucking flying cars, robots. They've turned her into a gorilla. Um, it, there's been fucking... Uh, she, oh, there's one
1: where she's an opera singer and she can break glass with her voice. Yeah, like, that, I, I watched that one today, actually. That was quite funny. Um, because the the whole, the whole premise is he's sick in bed. Yes, and, that's the um, one, yeah. And there's a really nice gag in it, actually, whereby she's, she comes in and starts shrieking with her you know, this horrible singing voice. And he tells her to go, go and sing in the garden so at least the neighbours can see that he's not, he's not beating her up. Yeah, which I, thought was, I thought was brilliant. Um, yeah. Because it's, it's, such a, it's such a stupid gag. But again, talking about what we've just been talking about with some of that, the, 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 the attitude we, we would have seen you know, towards, especially married couples of that age in, in that era, um, that it wouldn't have, for her to walk out with a black eye one morning wouldn't, wouldn't have been out of place on a lot of TV shows. So again, the fact that they are, they are intentionally mocking that yeah, I think it's a really, it's a really good thing. And it's a really clever thing, and you, it's the sort of thing that it's easy to. Man, I, I wouldn't have noticed shit like this when I saw it first. I mean, I, I'd have seen this in oh, reruns, no. so, and I'd have been about five when this was fucking rerunning. You know, so I mean, I, no, I wouldn't have taken a lot in apart from you know, crazy Scottish lady and, and the horse and stuff like that. So. I wouldn't have noticed anything of like that. So to go back and watch, it, I go and that no, that did actually make me titter a little bit. I was like, "Oh, okay, okay." And and then looking out for more stuff like that, and it was in there. It wasn't as prevalent as it possibly could have been. They did rely an awful lot on a bit more of the sort of the tomfoolery aspect. But you know, they, those lines were there if you looked for them.
0: I mean, let's remember as well. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There are every now and again. There's an absolute. Just stormer of a line that I and to be fair, the cast as well have all got good comedy chops. When they're oh, yeah. given that stuff, they know what they're doing with it. You know, I, I think it's fair to say that the whole cast are some of them not the best actors in the world, but they're certainly good performers and good comedians. Yeah. I, was,
1: I was gonna uh, say there's definitely a performance aspect there, even if they're not acting brilliantly, you know, they're not that great at it. Yeah, uh, you know, you look at you know, people like Biggins, you know, who pop up every now and again, who's you know generally. I mean, now he's regarded as a, sort of, you know, a bit of a national treasure, but at the time, he was quite annoying. But I quite liked him in this. I think he's great in it. I no, think he's
0: really, really good. No, and he's it, not it's, his it's... typical self either. No,
1: that's it. He's no, he's not playing this of the, the um, the, the, the camped up um, no, wrong side of middle age, uh, uh, no, uh, uh sort of showbiz. Say type. it,
0: say it, say it.
1: Go on. Nope. say it, <laughs> say it. Nope. Um, but you know, he's he's not playing. He's not. He's not in the persona he he portrays. He presents now. Um, and for that, I think you know, if he had been uh, presenting in that way in in the show, I think it, his character would have been completely lost.
0: I think so because you've got, I mean, yes, he's he's younger, but you've got Claypole for that kind of over the top, overly camp. Yeah, it, you, you've got Claypole for that. Uh, still less camp than Biggin's at, at the height of his campness, but you've well, got yeah. you've got that there. Um, so yeah, he, he would have been lost. But you know, again, um, character like Claypole, like when he gets the opportunity he is very very funny most of the time he's a really bad actor and quite annoying yeah. um but you know given given the right material I, there's at least once per episode i will and it and it'll be something Claypool's done I, that I, I did find myself just laughing his comic timing it is fantastic yeah um but then you know this again this is a sitcom there's no requirement for these performances to be amazing yeah, they need to no. make you laugh and it's yeah. a children's sitcom at that Yeah, no,
1: nobody's winning. No, nobody's winning Emmys for this shit. But no, No. it's it's a product that does what it does what it's supposed to do. And I mean, um, yeah, like talking about um, Claypool and his timing. The um, in the episode we were talking about where uh, Mika is ill and um, he's he's reading a book of um, of it's like um, horoscopes, effectively, and he just delivers them as if they're the most serious news article he's ever read. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, Mika just turns around and said, Dump. they, they won't weren't, weren't written by Susay, is it and I can't remember what the joke was, but and it just, his face just sort of drops because it's like, hang on, this is like my Bible. How can yeah. you say this isn't real?
0: Yeah. It's
1: uh, it... it's it's one of those you sort of see him, you see him doing that, and those things he pulls off really well. But then yeah. later on in the episode where he, a spell goes wrong because of course it fucking does. And all of a sudden, uh, Mika's seeing out of his ears, smelling through his eyes, and tasting through his nose, or whatever it is. And so he's there with his, his head side on, and he's, still, he's looking at no um, uh, Claypole. Oh, look at me! Look at me! And he's trying to get round him. He said, "I am looking at you." You t- no, effectively, I am looking at you, you twat! No, you, you fucked up my eyes. Um, but again, it's just no. And the I way- wish those
0: were the words. I, I wish that's what he said. <laughs> Let's be fair. If we'd written it, it would be. Um, yeah.
1: But um, it was. It's almost as like, oh. Sometimes when you have that sort of Physical comedy, especially in kids stuff The temptation is to be so over the top
0: Which he is, and, a lot of the time yeah, A lot
1: of the time he is, and I'm thinking a lot of things like Michelangelo, um, yeah. Wolf and stuff like that Where the, the the, the characters are so extroverted And so extravagant And so flamboyant in places That their movements are all exaggerated And you've got Claypool there And he's, he's, trying, to look, he's trying to look him in the eye And obviously no, he's not seeing out of his eyes. So he's trying to get really close And he's trying, he's, you can see him trying to move with his head To a point where um, Mika turns his head So he's sort of side on And you can see Claypool Almost just sort of following around And smacking into the wall and he yeah. just about misses it Now whether that's intentional, whether he's supposed to hit it and missed it Or whether he should have hit it because it would have been funnier I don't know But you again, just that very subtle physical comedy Really does work Whereas some of the over-the-top shit goes a bit too far
0: I find I find it's not so much his physicality that's over the top as his delivery of a lot of his lines. I think you're I, right. I think I, I, it's I think in general yeah. with, with the yeah. show rather
1: than him. Particularly. Yeah,
0: I, I think his physicality is is excellent. Um, and, and as you say, now and again, he just manages to completely nail one of the lines. And now and again, you also get those ones like you talked about with Mika that that are just very intelligently written yeah. and will just fly over the head of the children but there's something in there for Mam and dad yeah. um, there. You know, it's not full of it, um, which you would expect it to be, but there is the odd double entendre in there as well. Yeah. Um, not as blatant as some of the shows we look at, you know, no. this this really is, this so innocent. This show, it's, it's unbelievably good natured, which is one of the things that surprised me the most with it. I don't remember it just being this sweet. Um, no. there, there is, there is just something. And, you know, maybe that's time as well, and maybe that's me reminiscing and things. Because you know, yeah, there are you know there is still the odd problematic thing, like you say. And at the end of the day, they torture the shit out of the poor neighbours. Yeah, but it, it it just all seems like really good natured fun. And and you you hit the nail on the head there. I wanted to talk about this um, as as we were going through this. This sort of led on to other to shows like Michelangelo and Wolf and Super and all of these mm-hmm. other kind of children sitcoms that, that started springing up and, and you follow that thread through then where sort of we stopped producing them in this country and then you had the sort of Nickelodeon shows and, and the Disney Channel shows hmm. and so many of them have a tendency to just, just pitch to the stalls yeah. and just treat children like idiots and I don't feel like this ever does that. Yes, it's silly. Yes, it's absolutely bonkers but I don't feel like it ever treats kids as idiots or you know which children are fucking stupid we've said that on this show before as well but they don't talk down is what i'm trying to say you know this yes this is pitched to children so it's very broad comedy but at no point do they feel the need to stop and explain it to them at no point do they try and educate us nobody's got a lesson to learn yeah you know
1: it's But, uh, but i mean not only that it doesn't resort to um fart jokes no, not at all. Uh, no. I,
0: I, there's I no dick and fart jokes at all that I know. No,
1: of. No, that, that's. I mean, that's what I mean. I mean, it doesn't talk down to kids, but at the same time, it's not pandering to the lowest common two-year-old who will think that's hilarious because you know farting. Um, don't get me wrong. there's, there's a place for? Hey, hang fart on, jokes. hang on,
0: hang on. Yeah, I find farting hilarious. There, no, there, there's a
1: there's a else. place. There, there is a, a very valid place for dick and fart jokes, um, and I stand by that mainly because that's mostly what we do. Um, that and swear a lot. But I think when you aim that at kids, the temptation is just to make um, a Terrence Phillips style fart. Yes. Fan, yeah, yeah. Whereby yeah. They, no, every punchline is a fart. Every fight ends with a fart on the head. It just stops being funny because it's oversaturation.
0: I don't know. <laughs> you know
1: what I mean? <laughs> well, yeah. You know, I mean, but. Yeah, it, it's that sort of thing. Where it's, it's its own it, thing.
0: It, it, like Round the Bend, for instance, is its own thing. You know what you're getting when you're watching Round the Bend, and you get but those it. But
1: even, even then, like we, no, we talked about this a couple. Well, I won't say a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember how long ago it was. But we we talked about Round the Bend. I, um, I mean, yeah, t- it's at some point in 2020, but a lot of shits happened in 2020, so I don't fucking know. Um, but like, even then, yeah, you did have that. You know, t- that intentional toilet humour, but it was done in such a way that it wasn't uh, a way out. It wasn't a last resort or a cop out or we can't think of a punchline. So oh, quick fart it wasn't that it was even the jokes that ended with a fart were constructed yes yeah oh, yeah yeah and, and that, that's the difference and i think where you look at and and for a show like this to not resort to that in nine years or nine seasons to not resort to that is a hell of an achievement
0: yeah and i yes it definitely is and you say it's I think there's there's credit to the creators there for not taking it down that path. I and, and I genuinely think I mean I don't know. I don't know a huge amount. Again, I've done no fucking research. <laughs> I rely on Mark for that. Um but you get the impression as well that whilst well, this very much um it's very much the creator's show that cast are are so talented physically, as we said, and and are such good performance. You get the feeling that probably they have a fair bit of involvement there as well. And it, and it just kind of feels, or maybe this is me romanticizing it. I don't know, but it just kind of feels like if that had happened, they'd have gone, no, hang on. Look, we're better than fart gags. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we can do better than this. And then they, they very much feel like a troop of lovies who are making a TV show together. That's how it feels to me. Um, Yeah, very much so. And, I'm fine with that, you know. That's we we've moved in those circles. We still move in those circles, um, yeah, so I'm right. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I don't
1: um, have an issue with that. I mean, it's funny. enough talking about the cast actually. I was flicking through earlier, trends to try and sort of pick out names I knew, and obviously you got um, Sue Nichols who did um Roosevelt, Reginald Perrin. Um, I think she's been in Coronation Street for about fifty-six billion years or something. Audrey, or that. yeah, yeah, um, Is it Audrey, yes, yeah, Audrey, yeah. isn't it? So, yeah. I mean, she, but she was you no. Know, I will always know her as uh, Nadia Popov because yeah, me that's too. where I saw her first.
0: Yeah me too. Um, um and then you've to got the point uh, where Coronation Street used to confuse the shit out of me as a kid.
1: <laughs> yeah because she was in both and yeah. you see her in both at the same time. Yeah. Yeah that Fuck. that did for me as well um, for quite a while. Um, the other one I noticed actually um, was Linda Marshall who played um, Tamara Novak. Yeah. Who did she go on to be
0: I don't know. What's this? Fucking who wants to be a millionaire? <laughs> no,
1: this is this is proof that we do fuck all research. So I'd have made a point of this earlier. Um, Linda LePlant, the author, who's like fucking multiple bestseller best-selling crime novels and shit. She's fucking Tamara Novak. I'd never put what? the two of them between the same person. I
0: mean, I don't think I've ever read a fucking Linda LePlant novel in my they're, life. They're I, very heavy. I know, I know of her
1: crime novels, but no, they're they're crime novels with people like us speaking in them. So every other word is cunt or fuck. What?
0: Maybe I should read some Linda LePlant then. Yeah. I assume I assumed they'd be like boring old lady
1: fiction. No, no, they're proper. You know, oh, they're fucking violent, all sorts of shit.
0: Oh, I didn't know this. Excuse yeah. Excuse my ignorance. Okay, um, I'll I'll read some then. I I assumed it would be yeah like I I fucking hate old lady crime novels. Oh yeah. I fuck, I fucking hate them. They make my skin crawl. Yeah.
1: Um, it's like the just, police can't solve it the actual proper detectives and people who are paid and trained can't solve it. But the two old biddies over their fucking T and K can solve it. Yeah, yeah, fucking. And I
0: just I just hate that oldie worldly murder mystery bullshit. So like fuck you and your Midsummer murders and all that, but you just fuck right off. i that not being funny, right? Midsummer.
1: Who the fuck lives in Midsummer? They have like four murders every week. <laughs> exactly why would you why would you move like the there small, the small town murder story? Is just like look, look, fuck off. Just this nobody's
0: buying this. No one cares. It's not interesting. Like if who I want to read the about same four people every week, and if I want to fucking read about tea and scones, I'll buy a fucking cookery book. All right, I'm not gonna get a fucking murder novel for that let's
1: shit. Be, let's be fair, I'm not reading, but I was gonna go to Tesco's and buy some fucking scones. I, Other I, supermarkets are available. I who drinks fucking tea anyway. Like that. seriously,
0: uh, well, we're British, so I suppose we should, but not. Hey, yeah, no, but... like I say, we don't
1: pervade stereotypes on oh, this show. Fuck tea.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, um, um,
1: but yeah. So I, mean, I, I was quite surprised. I, I, I would never have put those two people as being the same woman. What was, what was uh,
0: the no, I had no fucking idea. I, I seriously failed your pop quiz. Uh, but <laughs> proof that I do no fucking research. <laughs> I'm not making this shit up, guys. I watch these episodes and use my fucking memory. That's that's it for me. So if I don't know stuff. I'll happily, you know, know plead it. ignorance to it. Yeah, I just don't fucking know, uh, and I'm not going to read it because I have not got time because I'm watching no. this stuff. Um, <laughs> I mean, and most of the rest of the cast went on to
1: um, die. I think, yeah, like pretty much, pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much the I whole mean, they were they were all cra- they were all cracking on a bit when they did this. Let's not forget, I mean, they, well, they did yeah. they did this for no, they did, did it for eight years. Um, I mean, let's say at, um, Michael Derbyshire died between season four and five. Michael Stanforth died just after it finished.
0: He was relatively young, though, wasn't he? Oh, relatively. relatively speaking, relatively. Uh,
1: born in forty two, died in eighty seven. So he, yeah, he's forty five.
0: Yeah, there you go. I thought so. So he wasn't
1: <laughs> cracking on. Yeah, I uh, died 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 of AIDS. Was yeah. oh okay. Yeah, he was openly gay. Died from age related illness in July nineteen eighty
0: seven. No research, everybody.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm reading it now. That's why my head keeps going over there because I'm reading it on the other screen. You'd
0: think, like, you'd think I'd know that though. At least that feels like it would have been. But then. I was like a tiny person, so
1: yeah, you were still in single figures there, so I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't beat yourself up about too much.
0: I probably couldn't spell AIDS at that point, let alone know what it was.
1: So yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the cast did largely all just fuck off and die, didn't they? Apart from Biggins and uh, uh, and Audrey. Streamers. Audrey's yeah. still alive. Yeah, she's still I going strong. I think, and, uh, and Linda Marshall,
0: Linda Plant.
1: Yeah. Trying to see if anybody else is still alive.
0: I don't think so. I think pretty much everybody's fucking dead.
1: Yeah, I mean, um Sheila Mumford had a career that spanned from the thirties to the eighties, so she's probably dead by now. Yeah. Yeah. Um oh fuck, that's a good one. So on, on Wikipedia when you when you hover over the link to, to the actors on the some no so for example on Michael Stanforth his isn't great. Um Sue Nichols for example, an English actress known for her roles on British television in Crossroads, Rise and Fall, Reginald Parrot and Grant Ghost and Coronation Street. And then for um, Edward Brayshaw, who played Mika, Edward John Brayshaw was a British actor.
0: Oh, brilliant. Thanks so, for thanks that. Thanks for that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so that's really fucking insightful. Thanks very much.
0: Yeah. Um, it, it's a shame, isn't it? That, like, well, I mean, it's actually obviously they, they had however many years it was out of this show. It ran mm. for a long time. Yeah it, ran, um,
1: yeah, it ran for nine seasons over eight years. So Maybe And I wrong. feel
0: Yeah, I feel like our generation and the generation before us. You know, to us, these are probably like big names and big people. Mm. But I think I, I feel like this has just kind of been lost to time now, and I think yeah. that's quite. I I really think that's quite sad when you consider it ran for so long and they were all clearly so
1: talented. All I was saying that on um, pointless the other day, um, the the final round question was kids TV, eighties kids TV, and um, it was the final one where you got no, you get to you know, right. my name as many. As you First can. of
0: all, that's not pointless.
1: <laughs> well nothing yeah. Pointless
0: about 80s children's TV. But, but
1: that was the category, and one of the subcategories where you had to no, where you could pick cast from was um characters from *Rent-A-Ghost*. And the only Holy one, shit. I know. The only one they could remember, given of you know, the people we just talked about, like big ins and scenics, the only one they could Bobby. remember was Molly Weir, really? who I had to go back and think What the fuck was Molly Weir? and I had to look up who who it was.
0: So so what, it was it was actors from Rent yeah, Ghost?
1: Yeah, cast off, yeah.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, because if it's characters, like Dobbin. Like characters
1: is easy, yeah. Dobbin, um, it's done. But, um, but yeah, those are, you know, the are obviously looking for a pointless answer, but, uh, so the one that nobody else has said. But the only person they could remember was Molly Weir. I'm thinking, I wouldn't have known her name. It was just um, I, I was Haz- Hazel and McWitch. But, you know, I like, how the fuck do you not remember Biggins, for example, as being in that show?
0: Oh, so I mean, you, you might have explained to me. I don't watch daytime TV like at all. In fact, I haven't even got a fucking aerial plugged in. So it's pointless is like reverse Family Fortunes, then.
1: Yeah, like you basically. You have to get oh right, okay. So it's you little, give like a shit little,
0: answer. Right,
1: yeah, okay. so basically, you um they ask a hundred people to name something, and then um the idea is you get the lowest possible score. If you get if you get a zero in the first couple of rounds, they put money into the into the jackpot, and the final round you have to get a points answer to win the jackpot. Oh,
0: okay. So, right, so yeah. yeah, shit, Family Fortunes.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Olo, have you seen
0: Family Fortunes nowadays? No, I haven't seen Family Fortunes probably for fucking hell. I don't even know, 20 years? I I hadn't seen it since Les Dennis left. I was going to say, last I I knew, Les Dennis was doing it. Yeah, so
1: he he left and uh, Vernon Kay did it for a while um, because he was popular and Les Dennis had a breakdown of Big Brother. Um, And and now, oh, fuck, what's his name? That Italian TV chef on This Morning. Again, did, yeah. no, no daytime I, TV. I yeah, I, I, I totally did tell me his name, and I couldn't, I can't even remember it now. It was only on Saturday night, um, but yeah, yeah. So he hosts it now, and it's just, just like it's, it's just imagine uh, a series of um, carry-on gags interspersed with questions. So just like when Les Dennis did it. Oh, it's not that clever anymore, though. At least he's not that it. clever. Jesus at Christ. Least, <laughs> yeah. At, at least, at least he knew how to deliver them. At least he knew how to sell a joke.
0: Yeah okay uh, new guy
1: doesn't um new guy's all about raising raising eyebrows and uh, pretending he doesn't understand camp things
0: i, I might watch that it sounds all right <laughs>
1: horrendous it really is um but yeah anyway massively off point for James. yeah
0: where the fuck we Oh, we were talking about people being dead uh yeah and not being, but yeah and i just I, I think it's i think it's sad I, I really do think it's sad that i don't think the generation after us will will sort of We'll get the. I. I don't think it's going to be rerun ever again. It's not the easiest thing to get hold of.
1: No, I mean it was. Um, I mean it is
0: out there if you happened to buy it years ago. But
1: yeah, you know, it... they did show a couple, of the early couple of the series on UK Gold many fucking years ago. Um, but even that, and I said that was fucking a long time ago. Um, the the masters of the um the original three series were wiped. I remember reading about this. Yeah, there was a um, whole,
0: but didn't they get them back from Australia or
1: something? Yeah, something uh, they basically, um, the BBC did it all the time. They used to wipe masters because they thought, well, we're not going to use it again. It's run its course. We'll just get rid of them. So they wiped them and reused the tapes. Um, but they sold them. To, uh, so what they used to do is wipe them and sell the, sell the tapes to countries that still use that format. Yeah. Uh, but then um, BBC Enterprises had copies of them for selling internationally. And so at some point they managed to recover them so that was that was a good thing it's a big win for them um and they're now in the bbc archive so they still they've got them and they'll preserve them presumably yeah. until they can't be asked anymore
0: i mean i think it's yeah so the, it, it exists in that form but like because so many of the cast are dead as well it's not like they can ever be a revival of this they can be no. a reboot but they can never really be a revival i think it's just there's just something that really bothers me that I think this is just going to eventually go away.
1: It will, and I think I mean you said you said earlier on. I mean we kind of stopped doing this sort of show in the 90s oh,
0: Yeah, completely. And this... America,
1: America, fucking ran with it. They took the ball and they ran with it to a point where you have you no know, entire channels doing their shit now. Yeah. Um, and with these of these kids, no, these kids do sitcoms. And some of them are alright, some of them are shit. Um, but you no, know, you'll get another case of cases anything. But yeah, we really stopped producing, them, and I think that. As a as we've moved from one generation into the next, that form of storytelling doesn't exist anymore. People don't want to see that now.
0: No, I think you're dead right. I was I was just about to pick up on that as soon as you finished. Like, yeah, America picked up and ran with it and they made these kids' sitcoms, but they are far more tightly plotted. They are yeah. more episodic. Yeah. You know, whereas this is this is a traditional British sitcom in every sense of the word. Yeah. It throws back to the sixties and seventies style of sitcom that we were producing where it literally is Like here are a bunch of one note characters and this is what they're doing this week cue yeah. hilarity and there's just sketches and you know and one thing rent goes does really well and it, and it is very sort of tropey of british sitcoms of this era as well is if you notice the first scene and the last scene will tie together perfectly yes and the opening credits will come over the front scene and the closing credits will go over the back scene and it's like a vaudeville stage production it's like yeah. here's all your cast in one scene to start with this is the setup for this week here's the credits here's who they are yeah. and then at the end it's like here's all the cast once more closing the scene out here's their name here's who they are now take a bow and fuck off and it's very very stagey and very and it does feel quite vaudevillian is like ah that's the one that did this this week and that's the one that sung this week and that's the one that done and they'll be doing a little bit of whatever it was was their key thing for that episode Um, and that was a very british thing rather than having these really slick put together kind of credits yeah, they would open and close like that, and it, and it is it does it's such a trope that you can look at any sitcom from that period and go, yep,
1: that's a seventies British sitcom. Yeah. There it is. And I mean, if you uh, you look at um, Bob Lock, who created and, and wrote, and uh, he wrote every episode, I think, um, but he he did he did a lot of work for radio, did a lot of work with people like Frankie Howard, Arthur Askey. You know, he he so he had that grounding. So things you were seeing. Um, Coming out in no in that period, in the of the sixties and seventies, he was very much involved with a lot of stuff of like that. And then he went into doing um, kids TV. He did, pardon my genie, Robert's Robots, uh, Galloping Galaxies, which I don't remember. Um, but on, on So I mean, he he. Had I don't lot... remember any of those shows. I, I remember Robert's Robots. Um, well, I remember seeing it on reruns because it was on in the It was on in the mid seventies. Um, I remember seeing it in reruns. Um, I think it was on ITV. But um, yeah, like, you know, he had a very good pedigree um, in terms of the way he developed. You know his development, you know, so working with people like Arthur asking and Frankie Howard uh, when they were at the peak of their powers as well. So it's not surprising that there's a very definite style that's that's observable observable uh, during you know in in the course of his work.
0: Yeah, um, that that definitely rubs off. You you can see that, and I think I think that's what it is that that just as I've been watching, it has just drawn me back to this show because. Yes, they, all right, there's still some problematic stuff in there. But also, if you try and watch any of the other shows, sitcoms especially of that era, fucking hell. Now, you know, you want to talk about watch it and enjoy it, but ask questions like Jesus Christ, <laughs> the attitudes you get in those shows. Like it is really difficult, whereas this is just it's fucking silly knockabout fun. You can switch your brain off for 20 oh, yeah, that, minutes to so watch one of these, you that's know, it.
1: Um Yeah, I mean, you look at some of the shit that was was churned out in the 70s and things like fucking Alf Garnet and Love Thy Neighbour. and Which I absolutely
0: fucking loved as a kid. Absolutely loved a bit of Alf Garnet as a kid. Now watch
1: it now and just cringe. Well, that's it. And you, and you look at it, I mean, especially the part of the world we're from, there were a lot of attitudes around like that into the mid 80s and early 90s. I still know some Alf Garnets. Well, yeah, I, I tend to avoid them if I can. But, yeah, I still have to work with a couple of them, unfortunately. I can't
0: because I've kind of – I mean, it's not that they're related to me, but they're just, like, old men that you grew up with now, so you can't yeah. not speak to them. Like, they just respect your elders and all that shit. Just, yeah, just quietly ignore what they're saying.
1: Yeah, just um, you know, don't get involved. But, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I get it in work every now and again. You sit there thinking, you're 65 years old, fucking retire already, so I haven't got a chin you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, but yeah, that sort of stuff was around, and so I mean, again, as you say, the fact that this was able to avoid so many of those fucking pitfalls um, and keep a very light-hearted, very quick, very easy-going show was was quite a testament. Um, I think, no, I think they did really well. I mean, I've, I'm just reading now some of the summaries of the episodes um, on, on Wikipedia. There's, there's a list of all the episodes up until about season seven, and then it just says um, episode one, episode two, episode three, and they haven't got the descriptions of them. But uh, Talking about, now as a, a very simple premise um, and a, very, no, a, a one-note gag that they didn't string 25 minutes out of. Um, so the f- very first episode, the synopsis is, a recently deceased Fred Mumford needs to find money to fund his new ghost rental business. He hopes his parents will help him. However, they haven't been told he's dead yet. That's Again, fucking funny. That's fucking genius. That's funny.
0: But that that's not the show that we get. No.
1: <laughs> and then it spins off into far different no, into far different things. I mean, by the time you get to episode four, for example, the Render Ghost team are engaged by a security firm to patrol a huge department store and stop shoplifting. However, Claypool is going through a mischievous phase when his poltergeist powers are at their strongest. So, again, they're not fucking Render Ghosts, then, are they?
0: No, they're security guards. Yeah. But but even that, you can see how, okay, they're ghosts. So they're scaring people away from the department store, maybe. Yeah. So that's still got a little bit of scaring about it. I mean, by the time you get to the later seasons, they're just like they're having a fashion show like one of them mr Mika's sick so they're all playing fucking doctors and nurses there's one where they all become toys it's just like it's just at that point it's here are two reasonably average people for for the for the time living with a bunch of ghosts that's that's what it
1: what it becomes well actually
0: they're not even living with them they technically they work for them
1: but Yeah, it's a bit strange, isn't it? Because it, it evolves to he's their landlord, to then they, yeah, he, he owns the business. Um, so let's say you move on, and you get no by the time you get to season seven, you've got um, a whole day of havoc at the seaside when Claypole makes a Spanish galleon materialize, and uh, the pirate owner turns Ethel Meeker into a herring. It's there like, you know, but I mean, again, what's that, what's it's, that got it,
0: to do with renting ghosts? Well, that's it, it,
1: it's it's funny, and I, I, I'll. I'll Give that one a look it sounds interesting however It's fuck all to do with them being render ghosts
0: No I like Look I, I'm, I'm not I'm not ragging on this show okay I think it's it, it has its faults we haven't talked about them too much Actually but you know it, it does have its faults it's of its Time and you know Not all of the comedy works and what have you So but I'm, I'm not going to rag on it Just All I'm saying is I think there is a much Stronger show somewhere in that fucking Original premise yeah
1: definitely that I Really
0: want to see like And yes, it kind of did sort of, be- well, not this literally did become Beetlejuice, but that premise does kind of follow through into Beetlejuice.
1: Yeah. And I mean, the thing um, is, I'm surprised because it's, it's not as if, and we've seen it so many times that like we saw when we talked about um, Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventures uh, last time. out. When you have a change, in, uh, a change in regime, you have a change in showrunner, you have a change in cast, whatever, you, get, you get a very definite change in tone. Yeah, and you can not. You can normally tell the difference in quality whether it's better or worse. You can normally tell where the change happens. This is the same people from day one. Like some of the cast have gone because you know, one died and the other one didn't want to come back without him. But it's the same writer, the same producer, the same director. So there's no reason for these fundamental shifts. But it's just for whatever no. reason they deviated so far from the premise. By even by the end of the first season, it's kind of there was no going back for it without almost undoing any goodwill they had built up from that first season.
0: And I think a lot of that comes down to. And, and sitcoms are really guilty of this sitcoms as a genre will jump the shark far earlier than any other TV genre, because, you know, you, you have a paper thin concept to start with, and you have to stretch it out for so many episodes. So there's that. Yeah. However, I feel like, as I say, I think there's plenty of legs in rent ghosts original concept, but there's that. Then is the fact that, as we've already talked about, you've clearly got a very talented cast who mm. clearly know how to bounce off each other as well. Yeah. So there comes a point where you're fucking as a director, you're hooding fucking cats. You're you're, <laughs> you're just like, all right, let them go. As long as as long as we land this shit, just let yeah. them do what they want to do. Yeah. As long, as, it, long
1: as the first scene and the last scene are written, the rest of it just as fucking long, go nuts.
0: I, and it's not like there's even any emotional beats to land because it's mostly just pissing about. So you're just like, okay, just let them go let it like trust them to the point where you wonder like there's definitely a lot of stuff in there that is tightly scripted they definitely are um you know particularly some of the spells and stuff like that they're very yeah. they, the gags are like razor sharp they they are, they are really well yeah sort of constructed and then other ones like you say the, the throwaway one uh with mika where you know where he says uh go and sing in the garden so people can see i'm not beating you or whatever like you get the impression that that's just somebody on the day going ah yeah fuck it yeah. Give it a go. and he's just thrown it in offhand you know yeah. I I don't think I, I could be wrong but he doesn't feel to me that that would have been the script whereas you know most of Claypool's spells and stuff like that obviously yeah. they involve effects so yeah. they yeah, so they kind have of played to be written. yeah so they have to be written they, they're played for and got but yeah I, I, I think that's what it is I think there's partly that you can only stretch that concept for so long. And partly that when you've got a cast like that, who know each other, who've worked together for a long time and who are just, just talented. It's as simple as that. You just, as a director, you're going, ah, oh, fuck. And, and, and look, direction in TV is, is totally different to direction in film and stuff as well. As a director in TV, you're just hitting deadlines. Basically the writer and the producer are doing all the fucking work for you. You're yeah. just, you're just making the thing fucking fly like that because, you know, that, that cast know each other so well. I guess it's slightly different if they had one permanent director on this rather than chopping and changing directors over the course of a series. If yeah, he wasn't it. a gunfire. But still, like, he's probably just coming in and going. And a lot of this as well, you know, is your classic sort of two, three camera sitcom setup. We've not got roving cameras and stuff. They went outside. Yeah. They went on location a lot. But most of the time is set the camera up, have a reverse angle, lock it off, off we go, we'll let them do their thing. It's very stagey. Yeah. So... I think that's probably part of it as well. It probably got to the point where, you know, somebody sat in a writing room going, right, how many have we got this season? Right. We've got to do 10 of these fucking things. Um, okay. uh, What's clear? Uh, I don't know. Let's make Dobbin a super horse. That'll do. 25 yeah. minutes. There you go. Run with it, guys. You know, I, I think that's Maybe. probably part of it. And that's, that's a, that's a strength and a weakness. I think as yeah. long as your cast is this good, fine. Just let them do it. I mean, yeah. I think, It doesn't always work. Like I say, there are moments in this where you watch it and you're just going, ooh, uh, like there are some real clangers. Yeah. But for every one of those, there is a gag that hits as well. And I think it's just so, it's just so lovely. It's just so eminently likable that it just carries you through. It's, it's just, there's no other way for it. It's silly is what it it is. is. It is absolutely
1: silly. It is, but it knows it. Yes. It's not trying to be anything else.
0: No, it knows exactly how silly it is. Um, I mean pantomime horses You know and it, and it's not like Any other show the temptation Would have been to have had Dobbin turn into A real horse and yeah. the pantomime horse Turn into a real no he's a pantomime Horse he's a pantomime horse that now Is just with them all the time Because he yeah. got animated And it, but it is It's a pantomime horse it's two people In a horse it's not a fucking yeah. horse And it's not meant to be a horse And it just happens to be a puppet it's an actual Fucking pantomime horse Yeah and it's never pretending that he's anything else.
1: No. And I mean, like, even the way they, they did it as well. I mean, I, I don't remember. I'm just reading it or I actually read it earlier on that they brought him in for an episode. It was, a, it was supposed to be a, um, a one off Christmas episode. Um, and then they, um, they brought, uh, Claypool brought him to life by accident and he couldn't reverse the spell. Right. I and mean, that's, that's how they wrote him in. So, you know, they, they, even to the, the point where they're introducing new characters, they've gone to the trouble of writing them in rather than just having them appear. Yeah, and I think I'm... that would be the temptation. That you know, Well, they're ghosts, so at some point somebody else has died, so we can just bring it in. But no, they've actually, they, did this, they did the same with um, uh, Catastrophe hate as well. They actually wrote her in. Uh, yeah. you know, they, they, so rather than just sort of saying, right, okay, as of this week, we have a new character, which you have. You know, I mean, we talked about a lot of the American show, the American cartoons where it's you know, their toy machines. You know, oh, we'll introduce a new character because we're not selling enough toys to girls this week. Yeah. This was like, no, we'll seed it and we'll actually do it properly. We'll bring them in and give them a, we'll give them a backstory and we'll give them something to do. Rather than you say, well, here we go. We've got a you know, disastrous cowgirl this week. We've got a, we've got a horse next week. They, you know, they've actually taken the time to, to make them proper characters in their own right.
0: Yeah, I think there's genuine there's genuine care and affection, I think, for the show and the characters from everyone involved in it. And that comes through. Yeah. Everyone, they know it's a kid's show. They know it's silly. But you, you just feel like everyone involved just loves the product and loves yeah. what they're doing. And that is infectious. And it's it just oozes out of this show. No one there is having a bad time. No. Or if they are, they're masking it incredibly well.
1: You know. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I think it's generally. I mean, you see it where people don't go on from kids' TV into adult TV. I don't mean um, adult programs, but you know, into, <laughs> in, into conventional television or mainstream television. Um, <laughs> you don't tend to make that leap because you, you know, once you start in TV, if, you, if you're good at it, you stay in it, and if you shit at it, you don't work anywhere. Um, so the, no, the fact that a couple of these people have gone on to have bigger careers is, is a good thing, but yeah, no, it's it's like they, it's kind of like they found them. You know, the majority of the cast found their level here, and they were so do so comfortable with it. Yes, it really yeah. does show.
0: Yeah, it, it does. Um, I've had a fucking blast watching it, and we haven't even talked about the theme tune yet either. No. Which I, I don't look, really want to talk about, it. I'll just put
1: it on. Yeah, just... I mean
0: like it's, it's not it's not like one of those fucking stone cold bangers like Jace where you're just like, Yeah, fuck yeah. Like it's quite like I say it's quite Baroque, it's plinky plonky. But it's but
1: quirky, isn't it?
0: It's quirky. I knew it's another one that I knew every word before we would started rewatching this no, again. I, I didn't.
1: I I, I knew the soon and I I remembered bits of it, but I didn't remember all oh. of it.
0: I used to have it on a on an LP on a like uh, TV. In fact, at cleaning Dad's house out again, I found this LP with a lot of. It's got like Heidi High, Rent a Ghost, <laughs> like and I and I used to have Rent a Ghost on, on this LP, so I knew it quite well anyway because I would listen to it, which probably tells you something about how I ended up being the person I am. In that I've already said it scared me slightly, and still as a child, <laughs> I'd be like, oh, "Fucking listen to this." Just like when we do Centurions, I tell you, I was fucking terrified of Ace McLeod, but still, I would watch Centurions because I'm <laughs> a fucking idiot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I had it, and I would listen to it. And it, it's it's just inf- again, it's infectious. There's something about it. It it lets you know exactly the tone of the show. You, you like it's it's weird because it's that kind of broffing and it's quite spooky. It's also a little bit silly, you know, when the yeah. lyrics are a little bit silly, and it's like. I feel like it it lets you to the tone. Sadly, again, the show doesn't quite nail that. Like, how good could this show be if it was that kind of spooky, funny vibe? I I think it would be amazing. But I guess that would be a different show. They didn't go for that. They went for just off-the-wall silly. Um, But nevertheless, that that theme tune does conjure that up. It gets that slightly creepy vibe. There's something quite sort of ghostly about it. But it's very funny. Uh, and it's very fucking catchy. Um, I'm going to be fucking singing it for weeks now because I've watched it. So I've, I've been fucking walking around the house singing it all day today. Uh, once it's in there, it's in there.
1: Yeah, it's a proper i uh,
0: It really is. It really is. And you get it at the front and the back as well. There's no different song at the back. So you're hearing it twice a fucking episode. Um, it's it's up there. I, I don't think it'll ever reach like the, the top 10 of our theme tunes, but it's definitely up there.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd say you're right. And it's, yeah, I mean, I've... I've I've gone looking for it today, um, for, for editing onto the the credits to the episode and stuff and um I just pick up bits of it and then some of the ones I saw on um YouTube, the qual again, the quality wasn't great, the, the capture wasn't great. So you had the that like white noise you got off tapes. Yeah, yeah. Um a lot of that over a lot of the stuff static on the screen and shit as well. But again, that that to me kind of Speaks to the nostalgia of it.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's what you want from it. Like I said, I I used to have an LP recording, so I'm used to hearing the pops and the cracks, and then and even like the the videos I've watched, they've got fucking tracking lines going across the VHS tapes, and I'm like, that helped. That yeah. has helped. I'll be honest, because this really is a big nostalgia trip for me. This one, yeah. I so mean, that's helped me.
1: Yeah, I mean, that was the same for me. I mean, I remember when we were kids. I say we used to tape, we used to tape shit off the TV all the time, and you know, be it films or you know, like episodes of stuff. And we had a, just a cabinet full of like you know, store bought VHSs that we'd recorded shit onto. I had very few pre-recorded, but we had you know, we had you no know, everything. All the films we wanted, we had because we just taped them off the TV. But, yeah, looking back and oh, i I remember I had this um super Ted tape, and that was the same. the tracking was all to fuck on it. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but for whatever reason, you could have your tracking set for any other tape, and it would be more or less fine, you'd have to twiddle you twiddle a knob a little bit just to get it right. fucking this one, you'd be right up the far end with it, just trying to get it watchable yeah and i don't know I don't know what it was with that tape, presumably it was fucked um, but that's what this reminded me of again I, I put on the first one I put on was um. I think it was a season, a season two or three one, and all across the opening two minutes, it was just fucking wavy white lines and a bit of white noise and a bit of static and just where the um, where you get this sort of the you used to get when you used to record when you used to record an audio cassette if you used to record your voice you get that's a very hissy background noise. Yeah, just even the white sh- noise. Yeah, even yeah. having shit like that on there. It just, it just, are you right?
0: It just takes you back straight away. Imagine like just listening to you talking about tracking. Then I mentioned the tracking lines, but listen to you talk about the process of tracking there. And like, imagine trying to explain to kids today that like you'd put a film in and, and not on a fucking DVD. You'd put a tape in and sometimes it would play, but it would look like shit. And yeah. you had to fucking tune it in <laughs> on a little knob. Yeah. Just to get the picture clear And even then About halfway through It'd probably start drifting again And you start getting spots Coming up in your picture And it might start rolling So you'd tune your Can you imagine Explaining that To like teenagers today
1: I have enough trouble With number one And number two When you have to wait For a DVD to load Which takes like Fucking seconds Seconds
0: Yeah
1: And they're Well why isn't it playing Because the disc They haven't started Reading the disc yet What's it to read the disc for Because fucking Netflix plays straight away (laughs) That, well, Jesus. yeah, it does. It's like fucking out, yeah. Know? So I mean, trying to how explain DVDs is bad enough. Yeah, trying to explain VHS, whereby you've got to track it, you've got to rewind the cunt because nobody did it when they watched it the time before. Yep,
0: and you've wait it, like, like a lot. Again, I keep saying about this. It's just because we're on a nostalgia trip, I guess. But all this old shit I found, I found Super Eight cassette tapes, fucking and on. Like I'm in the process of digitizing them, right? Um, the do you know how long it takes to rewind a fucking sixty-minute tape? Oh, I right. know it takes ages. I forgot how long it took because I, yeah. I figured like rewinding super quick. No, is it bollocks? It's practically it practically takes fucking like real five,
1: time, six yeah. minutes. There, there, I'm, I'm sure there was. Do you remember we we? I think we bought it um, when we were doing Scab. We bought a projector for eight mm film.
0: Yes, yeah. I, I I'm think sure they'll th- have it somewhere.
1: I'm sure cuz we we had a real film for that and I'm fairly sure it was one of my parents' old ones. And I'm sure it fucking rewound in real time. It was that. I bad. mean,
0: quite possibly with but de- like with with cassettes, like with with video cassettes. It takes like 5-6 minutes to rewind an hours worth. So what's that? It's, about, it's probably about five times speed then, isn't it? Four, five times speed. No, yeah. more
1: than that. But well, it's,
0: it's, anyway, it anyway, takes fucking ages. Is what I'm yeah. saying. So like, like a, right, film, a two-hour right. film, Take you fucking forever.
1: Well, the thing is, do you remember when you had one they introduced long-play cassettes?
0: Yeah.
1: And I, my uncle used to, because my uncle used to have Sky and we didn't, so he used to record like a WrestleMania and shit for us. But he just set it at midnight and let the tape run to the end. Yeah. So by the time we got to the end, he was eight hours in because he put our tape to make sure he got it all. And he would, he'd never fucking rewind it for us. He would just give it to us.
0: And so he so there For the first the way four back. to five
1: minutes, rewinding the cut. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> totally off topic again. How the fuck we got under rewinding <laughs> videotapes? I don't know. We're really bad at the moment. Like the last two or three episodes of every <laughs> fucking show we've done, we've started. I think it's just because I'm fucking. I'm tired. I think so. I just go down all these weird fucking tangents. But yeah, I, I just I can't imagine a kid today having to actually operate a VHS. No. Like they just wouldn't fucking. We were, when we were talking about flippers with DVDs a couple of weeks ago, like that'd probably blow their mind enough. Like, what do you yeah. mean you got to turn it over?
1: Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? But to actually physically. Like oh, when you have like, like the Lord of the Rings DVDs, when they would, were, they were, the film was in two parts on two discs. When we're going to change the disc, when we've got to get up.
0: Well like even go back to when fucking things like Titanic came out on VHS and they came on two fucking VHS tapes.
1: Yeah, fucking hell. Now up. that
0: was really fucking annoying because you'd watch the first one and if some cut didn't rewind the second one, you'd have to stop <laughs> halfway through and rewind that before you could watch the rest of the film.
1: Yeah, no, we we never had that, but I am fairly sure we rented it at some point and it was on a single tape. But it was no, it was again, it hadn't been around. That's fucking what, three hours and change, isn't it? Something like that. The three first time I ever saw it. First time I ever saw in a cinema that had an intermission,
0: it stopped halfway through, and I was like, "Ah, is it broke? What the fuck? <laughs> what, a, yeah. what am I meant to do here? What the fuck is this?" Again, like explaining that to kids, like obviously the generation before us, that was a common thing—you'd have intermission, go and have a fag, get yeah. some food, and piss, whatever. Come
1: back in. For me, I was like, "What
0: the fuck is this? Here's yeah. the rest of the film." I, can't remember <laughs> the,
1: I think it was one of. It was, I think it was the second Lord of the Rings film I saw. It was the first time I had intermission in it. Can you imagine having an intimate again today now an intimate it just wouldn't happen. No. Like if
0: you want to go for a piss, you miss five minutes of the film. Tough well,
1: shit. Was, I rem- i remember watching um I think it was Endgame and I'd I'd been reading about it but trying to avoid spoilers and it said, If you if you need to go for a piss, this is the point to do. When this comes on screen, you've got two minutes and change to go for a piss and come back before you miss anything. And that's the that's the sort of the, the fleshiest part of the film. Because, you know, that's the bit. that's the filler bit. That two yeah. minutes in, in the middle of three and a half fucking hours. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, can you imagine putting a... Uh, and it would be reasonable to put an intermission in. Yeah, yeah. No, film, I mean, no film's three and a half. That's a long time a good, towards the ladder.
0: Find a good place to stop. Five minute intermission. Everybody yeah. comes... Yeah, I guess it was difficult for cinemas to control who it was coming back in because you'd have to pay somebody to take tickets again, I guess. Yeah, I or, guess so. Or, I don't know. Uh, anyway, moral of this story... Do like I do. Take a piss when the orange adverts on. Uh, Well, not the orange advert now. Whatever it is now. Fucking Kevin making meerkat movies. Whatever the hell it's going to be when cinemas come back because nobody's advertising in that fucking shit for a while. Let me tell you, there ain't no money going into them. So who fucking knows? Uh, Anyway, Rent a Ghost.
1: Um, (laughs) I think we're pretty much done with Rent a Ghost, aren't we? On to nostalgia now. uh,
0: Yeah, I think. I think it. Yeah, it. Now and again, we do have shows that that we try like we really try and, and and you know we've gone an hour a change and and i think we've talked in relative depth about rent as well but you know we have these some shows which are so bad that we just pull them to pieces and we don't really get the nostalgia trip from it see your biker mices and shit like that yeah. um but then you know now and again we get these shows where it's just such a a great big warm nostalgia hug that you just kind of, it does just lead you down that garden path. Doesn't it? Oh, do you remember this? And do you remember this? And do you remember this? And that is the power yeah. of nostalgia there. And that for me was what this was this week, you know, in a, in a fucking world that's going to shit. And let's be fair, it is 2020's a fucking car fire. Yeah. Um, like in a world that's going to shit. I'm just really, really fucking glad that Rent-A-Ghost <laughs> exists. And it was out there for me this week to just, to just watch. Cause it's lovely. It's just, it's thoroughly lovely.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm kind of the same. I mean, I, I said I've, I've not had the year you've had, and um, so no, I, 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 I say with all sincerity, I'm, I'm glad of that, and obviously not, we not wishing that on anybody, but I'm, I'm glad I haven't had to go through that. But it's been a shitter of a year, and you think, well, okay, well, at some point you just need a little pick me up, and I mean, I, I found out yesterday morning that I've been within like four fucking yards of somebody who's got coronavirus, so I've got to self isolate for two weeks. And So on the back of that, I'm thinking, right, that's a fucking that's ruined the next fortnight of my life. And I thought, oh god, okay. I've got to watch Render Ghost today. And within about five minutes, I'd forgotten about that. I'd forgotten about the fact yeah. that I literally cannot do fuck all for the next two weeks because I was just like, oh yeah, I remember this. I quite like this. And yeah, it's, it's just it's that it's a good time. And so even though not remembering the specifics of those first couple of seasons that I started watching yesterday, um, there was enough in it that I did remember. And then coming into the later ones going, I've seen that one before. I remember that one, and being able to to hark back and look in that sort of humour and that that sort of yeah, and it's some of it is not fucking funny, but it was it was stuff we'd have found funny as kids, and it just some somewhere in the yes. back of your brain it just sort of tickles you a little bit, and just makes you just sort of puts you back in that mindset, back in that place where you can go, oh yeah, I remember that,
0: I, yeah, and that's the difference, isn't it? Like we were talking about shows like Mike and Angelo and stuff, which is cringe with because I never really liked them as kids, as kids, sorry, I never found it funny as a kid, but this I I did. And I know that I would have found a lot of this stuff hilarious as a kid, yeah. and and it is stupid now when you watch it as an adult and go, oh, what the fuck, seriously? Yeah. But as a kid, you found it funny. You know the type of shit that Claypole does as a kid, you just be like, yeah, he's funny. I like him. He's he's a funny jester man who's a little bit scary because of his outfit, but I'm a yeah. fucking idiot. So, <laughs> like, it's it is, yeah. And it, and it does you you just give it that pass. I think.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, I think you're right, and. I mean, that's definitely for me. And I, 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 didn't remember. I didn't remember as much of the show as I remember. when I came back to it, I was like, "Hang on, it's just the right fucking thing. Can't be more than one rent go, surely." And then, as I got it, as I sort of carried on watching, I started to recognise people. And so, you do pick out that style, um, and so sort of some of the you know, some of the tropes they use, and you do sort of get back into it. And yeah, it, it, you're right. It's just, it's just a very nice. Slightly silly, slightly, slightly crude. If you, you know, if you if you pick it out, and so your kids aren't going to pick it up, your adults will. It's it's just an, an easy half hour. No, you're Very not. Easy. You, no, you yeah. you're not sitting there thinking, "Fuck, what I'm just going to finish? So I've got to do whatever." Of what happened there, you can just sit there and let it wash over you, and you will catch enough of it. A, you'll know what's going on in the story because as long as you watch the first scene, you're fine. The rest of it's kind of just shenanigans um but it's not heavy it's not serious no the, the the temptation could have been to make these these ghost stories really fucking you know, really intense and i'm you know, trying and, try and make you know, any there's no sort of there's no threat there's no danger it's just fucking hijinks for half an hour and i think that's the only way it would work yeah uh, the world it, needs more rent a ghost in it i
0: think that's yeah. that's my takeaway from this um that's, that's like my i say- take
1: away from 2020 yeah, it,
0: it, like honestly, this is the perfect show for 2020 and I'm not saying that lightly. Like I've had a 2020, believe me. And uh, this is this is just lovely. It's such a it's such a thoroughly nice distraction. There is no it's, it's from a time before we had fucking coronavirus and before everybody hated everyone else and well, yeah. no, everybody did still hate everyone else. We were just a lot less public about it. Yeah, we're not nice um, about it. Yeah, I mean we didn't have the fucking internet. So, you know, <laughs> uh, but it, it's yeah, it's just it's good-natured it's it's innocent or relatively so anyway and it's just silly kooky imaginative fun and i I fucking love that and like i said like i said earlier on it genuinely makes me sad to think that probably after our generation this is just going to die a death uh that's quite sad that really is um i i feel like i feel like the world needs more of this so Somebody dig out that fucking reboot idea um, because I'd be up for it. Definitely.
1: I've got nothing else to do for the next fortnight.
0: Uh, Yeah. Somebody dig that reboot idea out and let's, yeah, let's have some more rent a goes please. And with Russell Brand, I'm fully behind that casting. Like, don't don't worry. I'm fully behind that. That's that's a good idea. Someone should definitely do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, as always, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this one. I mean, we we tend not to get the vitriol we expect when we rip things apart, but you know when we when we say nice things about stuff, you know we we tend to get better feedback as well. Um, so yeah, we'd love to know what people think of this um, on Twitter at SmpdPod, um, on Facebook with the Double Down Podcast Network. Uh, you can go to our website ddpodcast.net, dot uh, net, where you can pick up some of our previous episodes as well and some of our other shows. Uh, wherever you get your podcast from, be it iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Amazon Music, uh like, subscribe, share, leave us a comment. We'll get back to you as best we can. But until next time, see you yeah. later.
0: We are the red fellas
1: here at Renty Ghost to be enough that you and me come to the Renty Ghost for a biography we ghost
0: writers. I'm not forgetting a ghost script, an apparition, quick and deep beside a crypt. Ring a ghost. An apparition equipped from deep inside a crypt. Ring Ray's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs>